Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Sports Fanatics podcast. There are a lot of happenings over the weekend, and we're excited to break you the news. First up on our list is Julian Edelman's retirement. Ending an 11-year career, Edelman called it quits on Twitter, following being released by New England. He thanked all the past family, and as usual, we have sports in a few here with us. What are your opinions on this news, and were you expecting this, either the release or the retirement? After his release, I was looking at him going to a team needy for wide receiver experience, maybe Baltimore or Detroit. I wasn't expecting him to go straight into retirement, but he had a great career, and even though he might not be a Hall of Famer, he was clutch in the postseason for the Patriots and was a key to their wins in Super Bowl 51 and 53. And in Super Bowl 53, he did win Super Bowl MVP. He has the second most receiving yards in playoff history, which could probably also be attributed to the overall Patriots play over the past 10 seasons or so, but also because he and Tom Brady had the chemistry. The Patriots didn't lose much out of this because they had acquired several big-name pass-catching weapons, namely Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, and the two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. These were all important players during their 10 years with previous teams, and losing Edelman shouldn't cause the Patriots to have a lack of weapons. Do you think releasing him was the right thing to do? And should the Patriots have tried to maximize his potential before he got too old? Well, Edelman was cut due to failing his physical. Many other stars have gone out like this, including notable players like Doug Baldwin and Cam Chancellor. I have mixed feelings about the move, though. On one side, Edelman has suffered 16 injuries in his career due to him giving it his all on the football field every game. But on the other hand, you lose some veteran leadership in the locker room, as well as a mentor for the young pass-catching options you mentioned that the Patriots brought in the free agents. Edelman will go down as one of the best slot receivers of all time, as well as one of the best players in the playoffs of all time. But Boston is a sports-loaded city, which means that Julian Edelman being released is not the only news up on our list. Jason Tatum went off last week, especially over the last few days. Against the Timberwolves on Friday, he logged 41 minutes in a nine-point overtime victory. But that wasn't the stat that stood out. It was his points as he registered a career-high 53 to propel the Celtics to victory. He pulled off a double-double two, adding 10 rebounds and a block. I feel like while we had seen Tatum be consistent, we were definitely waiting for a big game like this. Were you also waiting for a big game like this, Messi 966? Or do you think he had already proven his long-term potential? This game just ends up proving how great of a player Jason Tatum is. He can be clutch in some moments, but can also help throughout the game to finish up strong. This game made him a little more valuable as it shows that he can pick up the load in moments when the Celtics are lacking it. It distances him from other young players who have shown consistency but haven't shown up big in the moments they need to. This makes Tatum untouchable as he and Brown could be a deadly duo in the future. The Celtics have found two gems in these two players via the draft and they and both have already vaulted into the starting lineup. They have yet to cement themselves as superstars though. This could be a big stepping stone for Tatum 
to add himself to the top tier players, such as Steph Curry and LeBron James that we see today. Can you expand on your thought about Tatum not being able to cement his star power yet? Sure. We saw him pre be pretty consistent, but until this season, we weren't seeing the scoring output that stars like Curry show. I was also looking for the scoring output, and I really saw it this year, especially from downtown. He also participated in the three-point contest, and although he didn't win, his legacy in the league could be extended with an all-star contest win. But I'm starting to see the consistency in him, and what could be another factor is his age. He is young, meaning that there's plenty that he can grow and improve to make himself better and a deadly player alongside Brown, as you mentioned. But there was another 50-point game we have to mention. This one was one for the ages. Zach Levine entered the spotlight too on Friday as him and Tatum competed for the spotlight. But Levine's first half was the talk around the league. He hit the 39-point mark before the end of the first half, which broke the previous Bulls franchise record of 30 points set by yours truly, Michael Jordan. And his first half was headlined by a 25-point performance scored in the second quarter that saw him score 25 straight for the Bulls. Nobody else from the Bulls scored besides him during that stretch, and that allowed the Bulls to take the lead into the half. But the Bulls weren't able to translate Levine's performance into a win as the Hawks kept up throughout the game and took advantage of Levine's deteriorated performance in the second half. They ended the game with a 12-point win, but that did not underrate Levine's performance. The final story that we have today, two Western Conference teams also met a crucial matchup. With the Warriors missing Kelly Oubre and James Wiseman, Steph Curry showed that he is still a dominant player in the, in the NBA. This was a historic day for the Warriors as well. Steph Curry, on the verge of greatness, 19 points away from the franchise record for the most points scored, as he only trailed Hall of Famer Wilt Chamberlain. Curry raced up to 11 points within the first few minutes of the quarter, but he didn't stop there. He kept rolling, and by the end of the first quarter, he trailed Wilt no more with 21 points. He finished the third quarter with 48 points and 10 three-pointers, but the fourth quarter wasn't a special one from Chef Steph Curry. But sadly, it was a heartbreaking one for the Nuggets. There was 50 seconds left in the game. Nuggets down seven. This is a moment where all of the NBA grimaced. Jamal Murray, the 24-year-old star of the Nuggets, went down with what was later diagnosed with an ACL injury. Sports you, I wanted to hear your thoughts. How do you think this affects the Nuggets postseason chances? And who do you think will have to step up to take the load? Do you think Jokic will need to take more minutes and stats on his back with Jamal Murray out for the season? Well, Jamal Murray rolled in the NBA bubble last year, so this is definitely a big blow to their postseason chances. Nikola Jokic is playing like an MVP, so if others step up to carry Murray's load, this shouldn't be much of an issue for the Nuggets. I think it would be hard to give Jokic any more of the load, as he's already been scoring consistently and setting up teammates with assists. He's almost averaging a, a triple-double, but I am looking at Monte Morris and Michael Porter Jr., both of whom have underperformed this season. Porter Jr. had a good scoring night last night, 
but he's improving. And I think it's pretty realistic for him to take some of the scoring. Morris can pick up the rest of the load as he will get increased minutes and will be thrust into the starting lineup. But otherwise, Murray was a star for this team, and I wish him a speedy recovery. I do as well, and prayers up for Jamal Murray. That's it for today's episode of the Sports Fanatics podcast. If you like our podcast, definitely hit that follow button. And if you haven't watched our previous episodes, make sure to get one of those on your list. Other than that, have a great day and watch out for our next episode, which is coming soon.